Hello and welcome to the Knowledgeable Soul Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me for another episode. Um, this episode kind of packed, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. First off, I'd like to thank my host, Anchor, for helping me with my distribution. So, you know, a lot of you guys are listening to me on Anchor. Um, but in case you guys didn't know, I am now also streaming on Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast and Radio Public. So if you go get any of those apps, you can find the Knowledgeable Soul Podcast. Knowledgeable has two Ks at the beginning, but um, that's crazy because like I don't want to be famous or anything off of this. But you know, having a good engaged audience would be amazing. So let's go ahead and hop right in. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is sports, basically ECU sports. Um. You got a lot of guys listen to my episode about the ECU baseball prediction. And so far, it's not looking that great. But I will say that, you know, we are playing some very good teams right now. So, it, it can go either way. Um, I feel like we had a very, very tough game on Friday uh, before I recorded this. So, um, we're just... Kind of wading through this weekend through the uh, Leclerc Classic, so hopefully we can get some wins out of this and move on through the season with a good season. So ECU's basketball teams are wrapping up their seasons right now. Both teams are having the senior day on well, what will be kind of today as I record this. It's a little bit after midnight, so just later on today, um, the women are hosting Tulane. Later on in the evening, but earlier in the afternoon, the men's team is hosting UConn. And I'm pretty sure that this is going to be the last time ECU gets to host UConn in basketball ever, unless there's some kind of conference realignment that puts us back together. But shout out to the women's team. They're putting together a really good end of the season. Very young team. Very excited for what they can do next season. Men's team, very young team. They are playing some good games against some good competition, keeping it very close. I see upside for both teams. So that's that sport. Uh, so we got three sports down. So now I'm just going to talk about women's lacrosse. Um, this is the third season of EC women's lacrosse. I believe second season in the American Conference, which is basically a makeup conference of a lot of teams in the on the East Coast. Uh, we got Florida, Cincinnati, pretty good teams all around. But right now we are like four and one. And that's really good for this young team. So hopefully we can keep this um, momentum going for the rest of the season as a conference play and really start pulling out some wins. It'd be really nice to see EC women's lacrosse be like one of the premier teams. I mean, North Carolina has a lot of good women's lacrosse teams. Duke, UNC, very good teams. Um, So I think EC joining along with those two would be amazing um, in terms of women's lacrosse. Next, we're going to talk about some indoor track and field because right now ECU is in the American Athletic Conference Championship for indoor track and field. Um, first, I want to give a shout out to Ryan Davis from the track and field team. I mean, he's he's an amazing guy overall. You know, he plays instruments, stuff like that in the School of Music. Just amazing person overall, all around. But he won gold medal in the conference meet for the indoor weight throw. And he set a conference record. So he's been setting records at, from for ECU and for the conference basically 
for the past two seasons. So this year, I really hope that outdoor season goes well for him and that he just continues to break these records because it's amazing to see. I also want to give a shout-out to Mackenzie Whitaker. She won gold in the pentathlon. That's a whole lot of events put together, but she got the highest score overall. So shout-out to her. Gold is gold. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're bringing it home for ECU, both men and women's track and field. ECU softball. Starting off really strong. Um, not sure what their record is right now, but I can tell you that they had a very good weekend last weekend. This weekend, I'm not sure if it's going as well. Um, been caught up with the basketball and baseball, but they are having a really good year. Um, I heard about a few home runs last weekend. It's looking really good. Um, so... But the future of ECU athletics is looking very bright to me. Um, and that's really just a, a testament to the recruiting that's been going on and also to the new coaches all around. I mean, we have a first or second year coach in softball. I mean, women's lacrosse is basically a brand new sport, so I'll, I'll count that as a new coach. Women's basketball, men's basketball, football. So that is amazing. Um, I am very looking forward to these teams doing very well in the future. So um, speaking about the future, and I brought up football. Um, a lot of people voted for the ECU football preview for this season. So I'm going to go ahead and cover that, and then we'll get out of this sports stuff. So. We opened up the season against Marshall at home in week zero. This game is going to be a tribute game for those who lost their lives. Game for ECU versus Marshall. Um, that actually inspired the movie We Are Marshall. And ECU and Marshall both have statues on their campuses commemorating the event that happened. So this is going to be a very nice way to renew the series. Um, getting to be on week zero, which is basically the week before college football really starts, um, took some work and took NCAA approval. And it's just great that they're letting us put this on display in the way that it needs to be done for those who lost their lives. Um, now, going into the actual wins and losses, I think EC is going to win that game. I don't think Marshall is going to come in with a whole lot of fire. I don't feel like Marshall's going to be a really good team this year, so I feel like that's going to be a, a nice win for ECU starting off the season. And then we get a week off as a bye week since we aren't playing week one anymore because week one got moved to week zero. So week two, technically, but yeah, week two. Yeah, week two. Um, we'll be going down to South Carolina and playing an SEC team. Um ECU does not have a good record against the SEC, and so this is just going to be one, another one of those games where I think Bill Muschamp is recruiting very, very well down at South Carolina, and I think his team is going to be ready to play on that week, too. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in the loss column for ECU. I mean, we couldn't even beat Bill Muschamp at Florida, and as a Gator fan, <laughs> he was not good at Florida. Um, but I don't think ECU is going to have the, the willpower to be able to beat out a home SEC opponent just yet. And then we come back home to play Norfolk State 
And I feel like this is going to be the game that ECU fans have been waiting for to see a real good blowout at home. Um, and that's going to put us at 2-1 and one to start the year. Um, best starting record since we beat Western Carolina and NC State. <laughs> 2016. High hopes that year, I'll tell you. Real high hopes. Actually, that's the same year that we played South Carolina last. So, um, I guess that's kind of a trend. I hope. And so, following that, we will play host to UCF Central Florida on Thursday. So, it's going to be a short week. But, I think ECU is going to be competitive throughout the whole game. But, for some reason, something something tells me that UCF is going to do what they always do and blow us out in the fourth quarter. Um, so... Until we can fix, until we can, until ECU proves to me that the fourth quarter woes are over with and we can complete the game in the fourth quarter, no matter what the score is, I'm going to say that we get blown out in the fourth quarter against teams like UCF. Um, then the next week, we go down to Georgia State. And this game is a game where, to me, if we lose the game, we have no chance of going to a bowl game, no chance of, of getting six wins, no good chance of going to a bowl game. If we lose, if we win this game, then there's all the chances in the world for us to go six and six, maybe even seven and five. Um, but definitely go to a ball game if we can beat Georgia State. It's further down into the season to where we'll know about what our team is. Georgia State will know about what their team is. Um, and so, when we win that game, that'll put us at three and two. So that puts us at three and two with an zero and one conference record um this going into the conference part of the season is really going to be great because having a winning record before you start the conference like heavy is going to be very pivotal to ECU getting any kind of momentum in the conference so then that next week we go down to USF which is South Florida and I don't think that we play well on back-to-back away games ever so this second away game is going to be a loss. If we lose to Georgia State, it's still going to be a loss to South Florida. If we win against Georgia State, still going to be a loss to South Florida. Just because I don't think that we can really, I don't think our team is mature enough to win back-to-back road games. So this is going to be a loss to South Florida, which means that um, when we come back home the following week to play Navy, the team's going to be a little bit down and it's navy (laughs) i mean it's navy uh we're gonna get that we're gonna lose that game but the one thing that i would like to point out is that coach houston coached two separate teams that ran the triple option that were college teams that won lots of games i mean i grew up in hickory where lenore ryan is and when coach houston was there i remember being at those games when he was like winning, like like NCAA championship semifinals, like crazy winning, but for some reason, the defense just cannot learn how to trust the coaching staff and to just follow their keys and defend the scheme. So, with that being said, I just don't think ECU can pull out a win against Navy yet. I feel like maybe next year, um, once we have a team that's 
fully invested in the system that Coach Houston is putting together, then that's where I feel like we can really beat a team like Navy with such a different system than what most teams run. So after that game, we travel to Tulsa. But before, we have a bye week, so that's going to be really good to recover after the triple triple option, like have a week to recover before we go to Tulsa and really get ourselves ready to play a high fly, a high powered, like just sky ball team. Like they just throw the ball. And I think that on this Friday night before Halloween, all the spookies happen and ECU beats Tulsa. And this will bring us to four and four on the season, actually. And beating Tulsa would be a difficult thing to do, but I mean, it's the day before Halloween, and we would have a bye week before. I think we can really do that. And then we follow that up at home against Tulane. So, I feel like we can actually beat Tulane, especially coming off of a win against Tulsa. I think Tulane's going to be decent this year, just as, just as they were last year. But I don't think they're going to be as explosive. Um, I feel like teams are going to start figuring them out this year. And that's going to come to our advantage. And to our advantage as we watch the film and really are able to like put their team into some lockdown situations. But then after that, we have a short week. And then we have to play Cincinnati. At Cincinnati. And since I've been an ECU fan, student and fan, um, we have not played well against Cincinnati. So I'm going to go ahead and call, count this as a loss because Luke Fickle, I mean, this guy literally had offer, had an offer to coach at Michigan State. Um, he's at Cincinnati. And that team is going to be much better than they were last year, which was much better than they were the year before. And we're not going to be ready. I mean, we, we just are not there yet. So after that loss, that means we would have to beat either Temple away or SMU at home to go to a ball game. And so the next game would be at Temple. And I'm going to go ahead and write that one off because Temple's another team where we just do not play well against them. SMU, we play well against them. And it'll be at home. And it'll be the Saturday after Thanksgiving on senior night. I think is going to pull off an upset win against SMU and Shane Bouchelle. And put us at 6-6 six and six on the year. And get us into a ball game. So that's my preview of the season. To recap the wins, I have us beating Marshall, Norfolk State, and Georgia State. Then I have us beating Tulsa, Tulane, and SMU. You guys let me know what you guys think. Uh, hit me up on Instagram and just let me know. Now we're gonna move on to our next topic on the docket, which is music. So just about this episode, I've gone to a few shows. Um, one was music, one was comedy. Gonna cover both of them because both of them were great. So first of all, before I get to the shows, I gotta mention Brent Fias. He has a new album out, and if you have not listened to it, if you are not a fan yet. Go listen to it while you're cleaning up, doing your spring cleaning, because it is the month of March. Um, you know, just listen to it. Like, just let it play in the background before you focus on the lyrics, because, goodness, it is good music. Some of the lyrics, you know, a little out there. 
but I love the music. Um, <clears throat> so, to the shows, Earth Gang, like Earth Gang, E A R T H G A N G, all capitalized because it deserves your respect. It was an amazing concert. It was, I mean, I've been to three concerts now. It was top three, okay? <laughs> and it wasn't third place. Um, I did the meet and greet because if I go to a concert, I actually enjoy the artist. And the artist probably isn't super famous, so it's affordable to do the meet and greet. So, you know, I mean, we're in line for the meet and greet. And one of the members of Earth Gang literally pulled up in an Uber like 10 minutes before the meet and greet is supposed to start. So that's just how down to earth, you know, these artists are. For basic, for the, the, the main person, one of the main people in the main group is basically late to his own show. It's, it's amazing. It's great. He, I mean, they, they just finished their tour right before March began and they sold out. I think every single show they had was sold out, which is amazing. Um, amazing. But I want to mention their openers because they were also amazing. Just like how Earth Gang was when they opened for Shmino. I had never heard of Earth Gang until I went to the Shmino concert last year. And they opened up for Smino. So, I think it is worth mentioning, at least, the openers for Earth Gang. Um, first, we had Jordan Bryant, who is an amazing lyricist from Baltimore. Very, very, very excited about his future. He really did his thing. Um, really amazing. Really amazing. Then we had Wynn, who is an amazing rapper. Point blank, period. That's all that I need to say. But I want to make this point. That she is a young, like, young white woman from the northwest of the United States. Like, not really a big rap producing area, but she is talented and she has a vibe that a lot of people can get down with. And I really hope the best for her because she really rocked that stage. Um, and then we had Mick Jenkins, who... If you know his, his music, you know he has a range, and he displayed that range. It was amazing to hear him do it live. And it made me want to go listen to his recordings again because it was just that good. Um, and then just like all of these artists, Earth Gang did what needed to be done. Great stage presence. Great opening. I mean, I could not imagine... A better concert other than them doing in North Carolina what they did in Atlanta by having the owner of their record label who is Jay Cole show up to the show and perform um, thanks Jay Cole for not coming to Charlotte but going to Atlanta you know we're no one salty about it no one's salty about it um, no one's salty just you know I feel like I'm less salty about Jay Cole not showing up than I am about the two girls who peed on the floor mid-concert. That's a story all in itself. <laughs> An experience. That's all I gotta say. Um, but they did bring out Loot um, from Sacrifices. Loot, Baby, and J. Cole are on Sacrifices from the Dreamville album. And they brought out Loot to do Sacrifices. And it was rather amazing. It was a shock. But it was amazing. Um, 
So that was the concert musically that I went to. Um, now I don't really talk. I don't talk about comedy, but I have to give a shout out to Kev on stage and to hear more because I went to my first comedy show ever in my life. Um, just later on that week after I saw Earth Gang, and as as I had said, as I said earlier, if I go to a show, I'm going to want you to do the meet and greet because I don't really follow these huge name people. I follow these people who are down to earth and humble so I want to meet them and just show my gratitude you know so <clears throat> went to the Kevin stage comedy show and atmosphere was amazing I could not have asked for a better experience and just like Wild Great from Earth Gang who showed up a few minutes before the show in an Uber Kevin on stage did the exact same thing and it was funny because me and Josh Porter, who happened to be my road dog and went with me, um, also got to meet and greet. We were standing in line because we didn't know that we could skip the line since we were VIPs, apparently. Um, but we were in line, and Kev <laughs> decided to go onto his Instagram story as, you know, he got out the car because, you know, it's a Raleigh show. Like, he's not native to North Carolina, but he spent some time in North Carolina, so he has... He has a lot of family here, so he, he was just going, you know, on the Instagram story. And so we got on Instagram story, and then he put the Instagram story video onto his YouTube page. So technically, I am a star in a Kev on Stage Studios production. Don't care what you say. Give me my credit. Um, but, yeah, also got to meet him. And, I mean, he had amazing energy, very humble. And also to hear who was the opener for Kevin on stage and the host to hear more is an amazing comic. I mean, <laughs> just an amazing set overall. Loved every single minute of it. Um, great laughter. And I'm glad that I was able to, to support these two people along with all of the other artists that I've seen in Jordan Bryant, Wynn, Mick Jenkins, Earth Gang, Kevin on stage to hear more. There was another guy who opened for Kevin on stage, but I don't remember his name, so I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just don't remember his name. But all of them, amazing, amazing talent. And I cannot be more happy to have experienced them, those people in real life. Um, so that's really all I got to say for this episode. I'm trying to keep it under 30 minutes because you know, 30 minutes is a long time for you to listen to one person talk. So... Um, and due to the bonus episode, I'm going to be skipping the, the spiritual part of the episode today just because you don't really need it. But we will have conversation on Instagram. So please, if you're not on Instagram, please get on Instagram, follow me so that we can have these conversations. And so thank you for tuning in. Go out and vote in, the, in these primaries. Please, please, please make your voice be heard. Um, I will be doing an episode after Super Tuesday, after the South Carolina primary after all of this is over so that it's not biased it doesn't favor one person necessarily and it's not going to change your decision um about some political stuff in north carolina so um with that i'm going to close this has been the knowledgeable soul podcast with your host joshua killian um and in the words of when if i may then i might